welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm your host. This week's episode is so unusual. I was joined by an incredible lady that does such amazing work and work that honestly I'd never heard of. She's the only person I've come across that is personal inheritance consultant. So she works with families, with individuals to help them understand a deeper perspective on inheritance beyond what is legal and what is financial, beyond just tangible assets and also to intangible assets. And how did she get into this? Really through her personal life journey where she had to understand the role of her cultural heritage the role of things that she inherited from her family members. And we had such an insightful conversation where she shared that inheritance is not a one-time event. It's actually a process that starts from your birth and actually even before. I found that just like, whoa. Inheritance starts even before one is born. So I would encourage you to listen in and enjoy, get your favorite beverage, and please share the love as always. Thank you so much. Hi, Martina. Welcome to The Connected Generation. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Amazing. So you are a personal inheritance consultant, which that title in itself is really fascinating. Can you tell us more about How did you get here? Um, Tell us about your story. Okay, happily. Well, I think my story started when I was about the age of three. And during this time, we had an unexpected event in Greece. We had a sudden coup d'etat in the country, in the land of democracy. We suddenly had a dictatorship. That was in 1968. I was about three then. And my father was working as a banker then. And unfortunately, he was on their blacklist. And he stayed low for a little while. But after some months, we were warned. And he literally left in one day from his office with his trench coat and ended up in Montreal. He got a really quick ticket out of the country and he escaped to Montreal. And then what followed was that my mother wrapped things up, gave things away, and left for Canada with us, the two kids, my sister and I, with two luggages. That was it. And we started over in Canada. And that was the point where I believe things that followed were quite influential in my life. And they adapted very well. I mean, I learned a lot about how they adapted to new circumstances. I mean, my father, his ancestry was from Arcadia, from the Peloponnese. He fought in the Second World War as part of the Greek resistance. So he was quite versed in challenges, life challenges. And also he knew about the snow because Arcadia and the Peloponnese has a lot of snow winter. So he adapted very well in, in Canada. And my mother, she studied in Switzerland. She studied arts. And when she arrived in Canada, she knew French. And she knew about the snow, because Switzerland also has a lot of snow. (laughs) So these two people started their life. We started their life with us two children there. And what took place was quite interesting looking back, because it affected many things in my life where I've come today. And sometimes we look back and we notice these things. We don't see them right away as we're experiencing Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. But 
what really played really a major role in my life was my cultural heritage and the way that my parents experienced that and communicated that to us. The second thing that really played a big role was their philosophy of life. My father was a Stoic, so he communicated this through his lifestyle. And mm-hmm. he didn't say much, but he brought us up in a certain way with my sister and adaptability, flexibility. And he always said, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. Mm-hmm. So this is something that's followed me along the way. And growing up there, I was very, very influenced by my Greek Hellenic heritage. And of course, being a young girl, being raised in Canada and the multicultural aspect of of Canada and the North American way of life. So these two forces in my life were always playing role. But our house was quite, let's just say, Greek. Mm. And my parents lived their Greekness to us in a certain way. They were very much into their culture, into the music, into all of these things. So all of these things impressed me. And furthermore, my mother was a collector. So she used to collect antiquities and Greek heritage artifacts and so on. So all of this was, I was surrounded by this colorful, musical, intense childhood, politically influenced and so on. So later on, we moved to Canada, to Athens. We returned to Athens in the mid eighties. So how old were you then? I was about 17, 18, about that time. And of course, by then, my mother's collection had expanded. So it sort of moved into the house. And again, I would observe these things. She would invite me and she'd tell me things. And all of this went inside. But I was always observing her. She was like a sort of a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And I actually went and I studied interior design with a focus on heritage homes. So the aspect of heritage and so on was very interesting for me. But what really was interesting for me that took place was when my parents died in the period of six months between each other, and I was left to manage a historic home in Greece with all of those artifacts. Mm -hmm. And that was when my life took another turn. I was in midlife. I was, you know, how it is in midlife. A lot of changes, inward, outward, and so on. And then this inheritance suddenly comes and with no planning, really. And Mm -hmm. I had to manage this inheritance. And I thought to myself, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if someone could just show me how to do this? So what took place then, of course, is that I did manage it. I curated it. And we also opened the home to the public. But this also brought back memories. And I tried to understand my family's story. And I came to value it and understand what was actually given because inheritance is not a one-time event. It's a process that starts from your birth and even before. Mm -hmm. And that's where I am today. Today, I'm interested in helping other people understand who they are, where they came from, how they can manage what they received and help them and support them in their legacy, creating their legacy. This is just absolutely phenomenal. So you help people manage their inheritance beyond how we typically traditionally think of inheritance, financial assets, bank accounts, real estates, vehicles and things. You said something that's just incredibly profound. You said 
you help people to understand what is given and that inheritance is not a one-time event. It's a process that starts when one is born. Can you elaborate on that a bit more? Yes. You know, whatever we receive, whether it's good or bad, it has value. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand as inheritors where the value is. And sometimes the value gets lost between the taxation that's involved, the finances, the inheritance lawyers, the appraisers, you know, all of that. Somewhere between the lines, there are conversations that should happen and value to be reached, which we miss sometimes. So the job is to help people understand because wealth for me equals value, but mm -hmm. value equals what you experience. You can have values in a bank, but you may not be experiencing any value in your life. So to reap, to get that essence, to become a good custodian of what it is, which involves also curating that because we have the right to curate what we've received and we're always curating. We have to be more aware of how we're curating, you know, and then take that and harness it, optimize it, and then perhaps also give it to the next generation. And that's what my parents did also in their own way. They gave me the essence of what they received and mm. I have it now. This is just really mind-blowing. And so can you practicalize it a little bit more? So when you're saying the things you received from your parents and your values experience, it's not just inherent, essentially, is what you're saying. Say, for instance, we all have to transition at some point and we hope and pray that we bury our parents and not the other way around. So if one's parents pass away or grandparents pass away, are you talking about personal effects? Are you talking about business assets? Are you talking about collectibles? What are you talking about? One. And two, how do you practically share these inheritances if you've got siblings? I recently lost my grandmother and she's got a lot of, you know, she was 93. 93 years of stuff. And my father and my aunt had to decide what happens with her stuff. Can you walk us through that process and your ideas as to how do we as next gens learn the value that is coming to us and how do we decide what we are going to take on and what we're going to share and who's going to take what if we have siblings? <laughs> okay, I understand. Big well, questions there. <laughs> It's a two-part question. The first part is what value is. Let's start with that. There is tangibles and intangibles, okay? The tangibles are pretty straightforward, and I can explain how that could happen. There is also the intangible inheritance which we receive, which for me is the source of our wealth. It's the basis. It's the heart of it. For example, we receive experiences. We have experiences with our family. We mm -hmm. get values from them. We get life perspectives, mm -hmm. good or bad, no judgment. We are given stories of the ancestors before. And all of this, we need to process so that it makes sense to us and it actually empowers us. Because mm -hmm. I've said this before, that parents sometimes give us good things and bad packages. And when we are older, we have to be able to discern how we can keep that good thing that was given to us, whether it was a value that wasn't lived, but was preached and truly understand what the message in there is. And so we can then use that so it doesn't become a burden for us, but it's the wings for us, you know? 
So I have seen it many times with my clients that I have to help them re-narrate their story mm. and come out on the other side winners and feeling really grateful for what they've received, no matter what the form, okay? And then what one does with it, of course, is another issue. So that's how I would say what I would describe the wealth and the value, just in short terms. Now, the tangibles, okay, that is also quite interesting because mm-hmm. the first thing is it's not very easy to sort out somebody else's things. That's why I advise people if they want to do what I call life closure by design, which starts at 50, is mm-hmm. when you start looking at your life ahead and you don't want to leave a mess behind you, and you want to lighten up your clutter because now you, in your 50s and 60s, you want to be able to live your life more fully, more mm-hmm. authentically, and so you got to let go of that clutter. And then, of course, your inheritors won't, won't get that clutter. So mm-hmm. that art is... But sometimes you inherit something and they haven't organized it. They haven't wanted or they couldn't. You know, it's not always easy. So... There's a process there. Sometimes families fall apart because of inheritances because they can't separate the items and there are problems with that. So I support them in solving that. Can you talk us through just um, a couple of stories on a worst case where the inheritances, them not being able to sort through them, create yeah. fractions within the family? Well, there are two extremes. There's a work with the family and this I came after. I mean, I came after the event where it was a large family. They had inherited a lot of things which were very valuable, family heirlooms, and their family had some historicity also. So these things that they had were quite important also historically. Not historically, but let's just say they had value beyond being an antique. So what this family decided in order to save their relationship is to put it all together and give it to some antique shop to be sold. And so they didn't want to go through the process of separating the items. So what Mm -hmm. happened was on the other end, one of the inheritors came to me with a lot of sadness because they felt like part of their family history was just sold off. Mm -hmm. And we had to find out a way to patch that up and to help them get over that sorrow, which we could not turn back. We couldn't change the event that these things were sold off. So they kept the relationship. There was a lot of sorrow there too. And I think that mm-hmm. this could have been avoided because I have a that's a method in which you can actually separate things within a family or within met within inheritance so that this thing doesn't happen and that everyone can get at least something that is valuable to them. And then you have the other extreme where people are fighting over objects. And basically, I think we need to really work with one of the members to try to see how this can be surpassed. I mean, it's complicated. It's complicated because objects have memory. There's memory in objects. Mm -hmm. Our memories, our stories, our family's life is in these objects. And it's really important to know how to handle them. Yes. And as you were speaking, I was just thinking that we might all experience the same event, but have different stories attached to them. And so you might yourself and your siblings or myself and my siblings who may all have the similar cultural heritages and were brought up in a home where there are specific philosophies but as we grow older we choose what our kind of what we want to pass on to our children are and what our philosophies are and so in that instance in a family where 
fortunately, there's been a transition and the next generation are then trying to sort through what they've inherited, both tangible and intangible and what have you. How do you guide them with the differences that they have between each other, the siblings, different stories that they have? Just wanted to know more about that process. Well, I believe that before an inheritance arrives, we have to look a little forward to see what is the basis of those relationships. Because what happens is that inheritance is a catalyst in relationships, especially Mm. between siblings. Suddenly things come up that were very latent and not spoken of or forgotten in the past. And then suddenly there's a jealousy. Suddenly Mm. people are changing their minds about things and there's old patterns coming up. And so I am really for looking forward and seeing what is my relationship with my sibling and how would we deal with an inheritance that may be coming. Mm. For example, in my case with my sister, the inheritance issues has been a very long process and all along the way there have been hurdles and each hurdle we have surpassed together. And the reason and because our interest was and perhaps were an ideal was how can we help each other? what we're getting, with what we're receiving, with what's coming. Because there's dedication to the relationship and the relationship has been going through its processes. But our aim is that whatever happens, we will share things together and we will move forward together. So Mm. on that basis, no matter what happens, it'll work. We'll find our solutions. Mm -hmm. Okay. But if it's another type of relationship, it's probably worth looking a little bit into it and creating communication channels, bonds, that can then sustain these type of changes that will come their way. Is it worth investing in sustaining these relationships and bonds prior to, say, for instance, myself, I'm 34, my blings are in their early 30s as well. My parents are, are just about to turn 60 and we pray and hope they live for 30 plus more years. But is there anything on the part, because you mentioned that you help people that are midlife to refine their clutter and sort out their belongings and what have you. Is there anything on the part of the next generation that they can do ahead of time? They can start asking stories about the things that are in their parents' homes so they Mm -hmm. can understand what the relationship of their parents are with their things. And that also goes for their business too. How can I say? It's like to get to know what the feelings are inside, to see what the real motives are and what the real values are. And sometimes they're not that far apart as they think because mm-hmm. the next generation sees certain things in a certain way. But I believe that they're not that far apart. Mm-hmm. And so the stories will help them connect. And so they also know what to do with an inheritance after to decide what goes, what stays is much easier because mm-hmm. they've already gotten the value. They're getting the value beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's definitely really helpful. A family is in. As I said before, inheritance is something you're receiving right from the beginning. It's not just a one-off event. So start understanding. I think the real value here is when we start becoming grateful for what is being given Mm -hmm. or what is about to be given, to be grateful for those experiences because gratefulness gives us a really unique and very valuable perspective on our things, on our parents, on Mm. our family business and so on and don't forget that this has been feeding us all along Mm. we have been nurtured and we're receiving all the time from our parents from the experiences from our ability that 
they can afford to send us abroad to study, from all those things that we take for granted. Mm. And then when we come to the point where these parents are leaving and we start understanding that it's our turn to manage these things, when we work from a position of gratefulness, then we can also manage wisely, more wisely the things and also have the strength when there's also pain, sorrow and loss. Like, mm. for example, when you have to clear somebody's house who has passed away and decide how to do that. Some people are not able to do that. They have difficulty in reading a home of a dead parent. In my case, my mother walked out one morning and went to the sea because she was a winter swimmer and she never came back because she had a stroke in the water and she never came back. Even though she had told me, Matina, I would love to die with the horizon in view. <laughs> you know, it literally happened. And so I arrived to this house and her slippers are there at the door and her food is in the fridge waiting and suddenly she's gone. So how overwhelming can that be? It is very, very overwhelming. And then to go through someone's things and discover things, but you also discover things, you know, it's challenging. It's very challenging. Even the emotional barrier to even go through the things. I know when I've lost loved ones, even reading text messages that they've sent in the past or emails or even their personal effects, um, there's a bit of a barrier for a while for me personally after I've kind of sorted through the acute grief, I'm in a place where I'm able to actually even go through their things. But even with a bit of hesitancy and a bit of trepidation, because it can bring back the emotion, that grief. So what you're discussing is really, really important. And I just wanted to know, why do you think this area has been, because you're the first person I've ever come across that does this, why do you think this is an area that's been neglected? I think it's a very niche area because of the perspective that I'm approaching it. I mean, there's bereavement counseling, mm. um, all sorts of lawyers to help you figure out the, the, you know, the practical sides, appraisers to tell you how much value everything is. I think there's not enough conversations about those feelings and the situation of one is experiencing when they're aware that an inheritance is going to come to them or it's already arrived. The only thing that I can suggest, and this is really my own life experience, is when you transform the grief into gratefulness, something magical happens. And you have the strength to go in there, to clear their things, and to be thankful. And this thankfulness is actually very empowering because it connects you with that person. You see, sorrow connects us with people too. Grief, because as long as we're holding on to the grief, we think we're holding on to this person. But actually, the best way to hold on to that person is to take their legacy, make it part of yours, and let them live through you. You see, and therefore, you have the power to go into that room, into that house, and sort out and say what's staying, what's going, because what we want to do here is preserve the value of this person's life, the value of this person in my life and how I am going to make my life valuable and give that value further. That's where you get strength, and that's empowering. Yeah, I just had a major aha when you said that. It's something clicked, and that I literally got goosebumps because that really resonates when you go from grief to gratefulness. That journey from grief to gratefulness 
how can we move further towards gratefulness and away from grief? Do we just have to go through the process? Or other things can help us. Clearing out someone's things can start off very gleefully and end up being very grateful. So Mm -hmm. everyone goes through it in their own way. Mm -hmm. I help my clients either go through the process and then I, let's say, handhold them in that I can help them go through things where they're showing me things and I'm like, what are we going to do about this? And they're going to talk about this thing and things, stories come out and then, okay, we won't keep this. We'll give this away, but I'll keep this. And I can help them. But I think the idea is basically that we start understanding who this person is. And Mm. definitely it's not just, it's not their body. This person is their legacy. And legacies are not just things we hear in the newspaper. Legacy is the influence that you have on others through your life. Am I right in assuming and just projecting that the risk of not going through this process is being stuck at grief? What's the opportunity cost, let's say, of not understanding the value to you, what's been inherited? Paint that picture a little bit more to me. Okay, I had a client who wasn't getting over the death of their mother. And the reason is because they loved her. He loved her dearly. And he wanted to keep that sorrow to himself. So he didn't speak about his mother's death to his children. I mean, Mm. everyone knew that she was gone, but he didn't bring her up in conversation. Nothing was going on. It was all going on internally. So Mm. what happened is basically he buried that person inside of him. So that's the thing. And that wasn't the goal, but it couldn't be the goal because the mother had created her own legacy. That's why he loved her so much because she was such an amazing person. And he just buried her inside of him. But the whole idea is that the value, the essence of this person moves on and lights more candles through Mm. what they did and who they were. And Mm. so, yes, his candle was lit, but he wasn't lighting it for his children. Mm. And the things were still in boxes. So... Yes, there's a high price when we don't face that grief. And of course, it does take time. But to be honest, I lost both my parents in a series of six months. I could be very griefful, especially with who they were. But I decided to be happy and grateful. Mm -hmm. And what happened is that transformed then everything because they're with me every single moment of my day. I love that. I love that. Because when I lost my grandmother, I felt like I was robbed of my ancestry. Because my grandfather had passed away 13 years prior. So I, I felt like the rug was removed from under my feet and I was uprooted. And just listening to you speaking about the journey from grief to gratefulness and being able to sort through the things, holding onto their things, whether it's tangible or intangible, and being able to carry the legacy is a source of comfort, I must say, to I'm not really robbed of my ancestry after all. <laughs> When you said I lost my grandmother, since we're on the subject, you actually only lost her because you want to lose her. You can also find her. Wow. And perhaps also you can find her in her objects and that some of those objects do move on into your house Mm -hmm. and further on. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter if actually they move on. What you have to move on is the legacy of her in your life. Mm-hmm. And that will come to your children because what will survive and what is really safe to survive is the intangible. We've seen this through the pandemic. You know, things have been lost. People have starting to look at things in a different way. And we understand that things are vulnerable. Everything's vulnerable. 
What Mm -hmm. isn't vulnerable is the intangible. I love that. And what an amazing way to wrap up our conversation. That was just so poetic and so beautiful, Martina. If anyone would like to get hold of you, how best can they reach you? Well, they may visit my site, which is just simply martinaagio.com. That's how they can reach me. And I'll be very happy to help anyone who thinks that they might need my help on their journey. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was nice speaking with you. Wow, that was just so powerful. I love what Martina said when she said, it's not what happens to you that's important, but it's what you do with what happens to you. Isn't that just so apt, particularly as we typically inherit things, assets, during times of deep loss, we're grieving. We're grieving and it's a really difficult, challenging season to pull through. But we can refrain that it's not what happens to us that's important, but it's what we do with that that's important. And I really do agree with Martina. And embracing that mindset is actually, I believe, is the key to the second half of what she said that really moved me. When she said, we can choose to move from being bereaved to being grateful, moving on a journey from grief to gratefulness because it's a re-narration of our story so that we can come out on the other side stronger. I just found that incredibly powerful. It really spoke to me during a season that was extremely challenging for me. There's something else that Martina says that I think is just, she also says that inheritance is a fluid, dynamic and creative force in our lives. I guess That links to what she says, that inheritance is not a one-time event. It actually starts before our birth and continues in our lives. Inheritance is a fluid, dynamic, and creative force in our lives. Obviously, she's not relating to physical, tangible objects, but narratives. We have agency. We have power. We have what we choose to determine what it is that we're inheriting through the narratives that we apply to our lives. How incredible. Thank you so much for joining me. And I wish you stay safe and take good care. God bless you.